Oh, hallelujah, dear God. We magnify you, Jesus. We worship you, oh God. We exalt your holy name. There is none other like you, Jesus. There's none like it to you. We've come to give you the praise. We've come to give you the glory. We've come to exalt your holy name tonight. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. I'm thankful I know what his name is tonight. I'm thankful that I know his name is Jesus tonight. In Jesus' name. If you have a Bible, I invite for you to turn with me to the book of Daniel. Book of Daniel chapter 3. And beginning at verse 14. Nebuchadnezzar spake, said unto them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, do not ye serve my gods, nor worship the golden image which I have set up? Now if ye be ready, that at what time you hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, and dulcimer, and all kinds of music, ye fall down and worship the image which I have made. Well, but if ye worship not, ye shall be cast the same hour into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. And who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands? And let's move over to verse 29. Therefore I make a decree that every people, nation, language which speak anything amiss against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut in pieces, and their houses shall be made a donkey. Because there is no other God that can deliver after this sort. By the help of the Holy Ghost tonight, I want to preach on nothing will deliver you the way that God can. Nothing will deliver you the way that God can. You can be seated tonight. Here in the book of Daniel, it's a familiar account to all, to all of us here tonight. Uh, you read where... The decree was sent out that whenever the music was to be played, that everybody that was in Babylon at that time was supposed to bow before the golden image. You'll find out that everybody bowed except for three Hebrew boys that were determined that they were not going to bow to any image, that the only person that they was going to bow to was Jehovah. And they had a determination that they was going to stand up for what was right. Here, this account you read where Nebuchadnezzar gives them a decision to make, a choice to make a decision whether they was going to bow uh, before the image or whether they was going to be thrown in fire of furnace. We know that they didn't bow and that they were thrown into the fire of furnace. And when Nebuchadnezzar, the next 
morning he got up and he went to see what was the what was the result of everything. They found, he found out that not only were Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego um, okay, that there was no hurt, there was no burnt clothes, that the ropes had been burnt off of them, but he found out that there was a fourth individual that was walking in the midst of that fire with him, and he said that it looked like the Son of God. And you pick up at verse 29, and he sends out this decree as he figures out that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that there's no other God like their God. And he says that if anybody speaks anything amiss of Shadrach, about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's God, that they would be cut into pieces, their houses would be made a dunghill. And he came to the understanding because there is no other God that can deliver after this sort. I'm thankful tonight that I have a God that can deliver. You know, this world, they have their, um, their ideas of what it takes um, to deliver a person, uh, what it takes to, um, to heal a person, to make a person better. I was just thinking about um, cancer. A lot of times when a person is diagnosed with cancer and if it's, if it's treatable, a lot of times people like to, they like to, the doctors like to get started on um, with chemotherapy and different things of that nature and they attempt to, um, to um, heal that person or to deliver that person of that sickness and of that d- disease. And the, the, a lot of times you'll find out that sometimes it goes away for a certain amount of time and they call it where they are in remission, but you'll find out that a lot of times that cancer comes back Unfortunately, some people, they lose their lives from it. And, you know, I was thinking about it, and that's the world's attempt at trying to heal a person and trying to save a person and trying to deliver a person. But I want somebody to know tonight that I'm glad that God doesn't just treat the sickness. I'm glad that God doesn't just uh, patch it up for a little while, but I'm glad that when God gets in the midst of it, God completely delivers a person from the situation. I want you to know that there's no other God like the God we serve tonight. I don't care what the world has said. I don't care what they've tried to paint God out to be. I want you to know that there is nothing that will save you. There is nothing that will deliver you. There is nothing that will set you free the way that our God can. I'm thankful that I'm in the midst of a living God that is well able at any time to step in my midst, step in the chaos of my life and pull me out safe and sound. You can be seated tonight. God doesn't just patch it up. He don't just uh, take care of it for a little while. But the Bible teaches that he saves to the uttermost. Um, I'm thankful that I have a God that saves to the uttermost. I'm thankful that I have a God that just don't, don't, that he doesn't halfway do the job. But when he does it, he completes the deal. 
he completes it. I want you to know tonight that there is no need of trying to uh, solve your problems and your issues with the remedies of this world. Like I said this morning, it doesn't work. But I promise you, when you land at the feet of Jesus, there is nothing that can stand in his way. I want you to know that cancer is not too big for my God to deliver you from tonight. I want you to know that diabetes is not too big to, for my God to deliver you from from tonight. AIDS is not too big for my God to deliver you from it tonight. We have a God that is well able to heal you. He's well able to save you. He's well able to set you free. All you got to do is lift up your hands, open up your mouth, and let God know that I need you, and I need you right now. You can be seated tonight. This, this idea that the world has as far as trying to treat people for their, for their illness. And really it's a, a spiritual that people, a spiritual battle that people are dealing with. In a lot of field that I work in, uh, they, the remedy for uh, people in their illness and their sickness is uh, medicating them. And, you know, I'm not knocking that, but I, I want you to know that that only uh, goes so far. That only helps for a little while as people still have to deal uh, with their issues and with their problems and situations. Um, you'll read in the Bible where there was a man um, that was, the Bible gives us a description of this man and how this man was living his life. It said that he was wandering amongst the tombs. The Bible tells us that this man, he was hurting himself. He was cutting himself. He was uh, causing all kinds of harm and danger to himself. He was wandering amongst dead things. The Bible tells us that people around him tried to st stop this man. They tried to restrain him. I want you to know that the physical restraints in this world don't work. They don't work tonight. It, it doesn't work for a spiritual condition. People try to put physical restraints on people to try to control and solve a, serious, a spiritual issue, and it doesn't work. People only, it, it'll work for a little while, but people end up breaking those restraints off. Uh, there are people that are dealing with uh, drug addictions. They're dealing with uh, alcohol addiction, and it's a spiritual battle. And people will um, tell them, well, go into a 28-day program or Go into a 12-step program or self-help books or uh, take this pill or take that pill. And it only works for a little while as people are people. The flesh is the flesh, and people will break those restraints off of themselves each and every time. But the Bible talks about when this man came to Jesus. This man had thousands of devils inside of him, but even those devils couldn't stop this man from running to Jesus and falling at his feet. When the Bible said, the Bible says when it was all said and done that Jesus had delivered this man, and it said that this man was clothed and he was in his right mind. I want you to know 
that you can try the restraints of this world, but it won't work. But I want you to know that there is no unclean spirit. There is no devil. You may be tied up with some things that have you bound, but I want you to know, I want to give you hope tonight. Jesus is in the house, and there is not one unclean spirit that if you make it up in your mind, I'm going to get a hold of Jesus, and I'm going to let him have his way in my life. There is no devil in hell that can stop you from coming to Jesus. There is no devil in hell that can stop the work that God wants to do in your life. I just need to know, do I have any people that believe that God can? With man it's impossible, but with God all things are possible. God is able to deliver you tonight. God is able to set you free tonight. God is able to put you on that straight and narrow path. He's able to heal your mind. You can be seated this morning, tonight. This man Thousands of devils couldn't stop this man. There are some people you may be wrestling with some unclean things. There may be some things that have. I can only imagine the, the things that this man got involved in that caused him to be bound with these type of spirits as he began to, as he got involved with things that I'm sure he didn't think anything about. But when it was all said and done, those unclean spirits had a hold of him, and this man was out of his mind. He didn't, he didn't know whether he was coming or going. He didn't, he didn't know what was happening as those spirits just controlled him and moved him and, and led him into areas that I'm pretty sure he didn't want to go. And I want somebody to know tonight, you may have, opened up some doors to some things, and now you're wrestling with an unclean spirit. You may have saw something that uh, troubled your spirit, and now you're wrestling with it. You may have heard something that now it has a hold of your spirit, and you're wrestling with it, and you don't know. You may have hung around some people that you shouldn't have been around, and the unclean spirit that was on them has jumped on you, and now you're wrestling with it. I want you to know that you're in the place tonight where you can be delivered. You're in the midst of a God that can deliver you from that unclean spirit. God can put you in your right mind so that you can see it correctly, so that you can think correctly, so that you can live your life the way that God ordained for you to live it. Come on, you don't have to walk out of here wrestling with the same thing that you came in here wrestling with but you can leave here delivered we have a God that is able to deliver you the way that nothing else will I want you to know self-help books are not going to deliver you the way that God can. I want you to know advice from your relatives will not deliver you the way that God can. There is a mighty God that stands ready to pull you out, to clean you up, and to put you on that right path. (coughs) You can be seated tonight. You'll read in the scripture where the Bible tells us that God called Moses to go down into Egypt and to deliver his people out of the hands of Pharaoh. 
And you'll find out that when Moses went to confront Pharaoh, Pharaoh said similar words to what King Nebuchadnezzar said. And he said, who is the Lord? Who is the Lord that I should let Israel go? He said, I don't know the Lord, and I'm not letting Israel go. And he didn't know those words was going to help him to get acquainted real quick with the God of the Hebrews. And God acquainted himself with Pharaoh. So when it was all said and done, Pharaoh would know who God is, who the Lord was. And he would know real good and real well that God was able to deliver his people. But you'll find out that after different, different things that took place, the blood turning, the water turning into blood, all of these different plagues that took place, you'll find out that as God's people came to the Red Sea and they looked behind them and they saw Pharaoh was in his army was on their trail, that they began to worry, they began to fret, and they was afraid. How are we going to get through this? How are we going to get past this? There's no other way to go. There's no other way to go. How are we going to make it through this here? The Bible tells us that God told Moses to stretch out your rod. Stretched out the rod, parted the water. They walked through on dry ground. And when it was all said and done, Moses stretched that rod back. And as Pharaoh and his army came through, that, that the waters returned back to the, to the way that they were. Pharaoh and his army was destroyed. They no longer had to worry about them again. Now, I want, and I'm telling you, there is nobody like our God. There is nobody that can deliver. There is nothing that can deliver you the way that our God can, okay? I'm sure they didn't see that there was no way out. And there are some people that you are facing some hard situations and some problems, and you don't see how you're going to get through it. You don't see how you get there. There's no way that you can go around it. There's no way. That, it seems like a mountain that you can't get past. I want you to know whatever it is tonight, God is well able to part that situation and cause you to walk right through it without any problems, without any harm. Somebody needs to build yourself up on your most holy faith and say, I believe God can. That bill ain't that bad that God can't provide the need. My sicknesses is not that bad that God cannot heal me at any minute, at any given time. Come on, the problem in my home, in my marriage ain't that bad. I believe that I got a God that can smooth it all out, that can work it all out. He can mend the broken pieces. He can put it back together again and make it what he designed for it to be. Oh, I want you to know that we serve a living God tonight. Come on, somebody. I believe you ought to praise him. I believe you ought to lift him up and let God know. I know that you can do the work, God. I put my trust in you. My faith is in you tonight. You can be seated tonight. The devil would love to cause you to believe that there's no way out. There's no way around your problem. There is no way to get through it. It causes you to believe that the storm that you're going through is going to kill you. 
It's going to destroy you. You're going to lose everything. He wants you to let go of your faith. He wants you to throw in the towel. He he wants you to believe that God is not there. Somebody needs to know that God hasn't left you. I don't care how bad the storm is. I don't care how boisterous the winds are. God is right there in that storm right with you. Tonight, there are some things that I don't like dealing with that I don't want to go through. It may make me feel uncomfortable. It may make me feel where I just wish it would go away. But I got to come to an understanding that I have a God that is able at any time to cause that storm to cease and cause me to walk through on dry ground and cause me to lift up my hands and open up my mouth and say, God is able. I want somebody to know that God is able tonight. I refuse to... I refuse to cast away my confidence, which have great recompense of reward. I'm not letting go of my confidence, but I'm going to build myself up on my confidence and say, God can do it. I may not see how he's going to do it. I may not know when he's going to do it, but by grace, I believe he's going to do it. He's going to work it out just in time. tells the disciples, he tells them that, tells them, let's get in to the ship, guys. We are going to go over to the other side. We're going over to the other side. That was his words to them. Disciples gets in the ship. Jesus goes down to the bottom of the ship to get a little rest. Bible says that while he is down there, a storm arises. And it's a pretty bad storm to the point that water is coming to the boat. And the disciples, I'm pretty sure, now if the disciples are anything like me, this is it. It's over. It's done. I can remember, I can remember. Couple of while back, it's been a couple of years ago. It's been a long time. I can remember me and my mother. We traveled over to the Fort Lauderdale area. I can't remember where we was going. I think we were probably going to Sawgrass. And um, what we didn't know, maybe we did know, or we just somehow bypassed it and overlooked it. Why we did that, I don't know if that was the case. But what we didn't know that there was a, a pretty bad storm that was taking place over there. We get over there, and we think we're about to go in here and pick up a couple of things. We get over there, and nobody's there. The whole entire facility is shut down. I mean, it's like a ghost, a ghost town. Nobody's around. And we're like, what's happening? What's going on? And we find out that there's a storm taking place. So we head back home, and the area that we decided to come back home to, I think it was Wellington. We didn't know that it was flooded. And at this time, my mom had this little red-purple car, 
very small. And I can remember as we're coming back and we're coming through and we're driving through the storm, and I can remember those waters. I can remember the water as it, the area was flooded. It was coming coming up to the headlights, and sooner or later, soon the waters was up to the door. And anybody that knows me know I can't swim. So I was freaking out. I was panicking. I was getting ready to open the door to tell you the truth. That really would have been horrible. Um, and it was pretty bad. I was panicking. But all of a sudden, we began to call upon the name of Jesus. Those waters was coming up, and it was still coming up, and we started calling upon the name of Jesus. Sooner or later, you could see, you saw the water, water going down and going down, and then we got to the point where we was on dry, a dry area, and I was thanking God all the way home that he brought us through that. But the disciples was in the same situation. They thought it was over. They thought they was going to perish. Thought it was all done. And they began to call out to him and say, Lord, don't you care that we perish if we perish? And Jesus stood, got up, stood out on the top on that boat, and it simply said, peace, be still. And the storm was calm. Okay, and the, the first thing you'll find out that Jesus questioned was their faith. He questioned their faith in the reason that they doubted. Come on, somebody. I don't care what the storm is that you're dealing with and going through. I want you to know that if you've been baptized in Jesus' name and if you've been filled with the Holy Ghost, and hey, if you haven't, you can be baptized in Jesus' name before you leave, and you can be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost before you leave this place. I want you to know if the name of Jesus is on you. I want you to know if you got a spirit dwelling inside of you. You have no reason. You have no need to fear. God is well able. Come on, somebody. You got to understand that there's a God right going through that storm right with you. All you got to do is call out his name. All you got to. Oh, the writer said, when my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. There are some overwhelmed people that are here tonight that needs to know that there's a rock that doesn't move, that doesn't change, that is unshakable, unmovable, and his name is Jesus Christ. And I encourage you to grab a hold on him, trust in him, build your life upon him, because he won't leave you, he won't forsake you, but he will deliver you right on time. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost in here tonight. I feel the Holy Ghost in here tonight. Come on, somebody. Your God is well able. You don't serve a God that is dead. You serve a God that is alive and well able and well able to meet your need. He knows what you're going through. He knows what you have need of. There's no need to worry. There's no need to worry tonight. You can be seated tonight. I want you to know that when the devil is the devil is popping off at the lip when he is running his mouth, when he is telling you that you won't make it. Young person, when he's making you feel that the only way you're going to be accepted is that you compromise, you begin to blend in to the things of this world and 
what everybody else is doing. I want you to know that God is able to shut the mouth of the lion. If you just keep your trust in him, if you just keep your faith in him, if you just keep relying on him and standing on his word, God is able to deliver you. Somebody needs to know that tonight. God is able to deliver you. You'll read the account of Daniel and how that Daniel was a praying man. Daniel prayed three times a day. And he didn't pray quietly. He wasn't silent about it. But the Bible tells us that he opened up his window and that he would pray three times a day. Well, servants of the king decided to come up with this foolish decree that for a certain amount of days, nobody could call upon their gods. And only person that they were supposed to uh, reverence was the king. And if they did, they would be thrown in the lion's den. Now, some people would have backed down on that. Some people, for a certain amount of days, would have backed down on that. But Daniel didn't compromise his beliefs. Daniel didn't back down one minute. He knew the God that he served. He knew that there was no other God, that there was only one true living God. Somebody needs to know tonight that there is only one God that there's only one true living God. And don't let the devil back you down. Don't let him cause you to believe that you ought to compromise. You let the devil know that you don't care what kind of persecution, what kind of trial he throws your way. You're not backing down. You know the God that you serve. You don't serve just any other God. You serve the God, the creator of heaven and earth. You serve the living and only true God. The the Bible says the only wise God in his name is Jesus. (coughs) And Daniel knew this. Daniel knew the God that he served. Well, you'll find out that the the king in his, his, his haste, he signs the decree. But this didn't stop Daniel. Daniel opened up those windows and he prayed. And they heard him. They went back and they took the word to the king. And in his haste, he threw Daniel into the lion's den. The next morning, he wakes up because he is concerned. He's actually concerned. He actually wanted to change it, but he couldn't because he was foolish and, and signed, just went on ahead and signed the decree. And so he, he wakes up and he runs down. And he, he goes to check up on Daniel. And he, he calls out and he says, is everything okay with you, Daniel? And Daniel said, fear not, king. He said, for the Lord has come and the angel of the Lord has shut the mouth of the lion. I want you to know that God can shut the mouth of the lion tonight. I know the devil caused you to believe that he is big and he is bad and he's got control over everything. Somebody needs to remind him that he has no control of nothing. Somebody needs to, matter of fact, you need to remind him where he's going and let him know that you don't control me, you're not going to back me down, but that I serve a God 
that is greater than your bark, that is greater than what you said. Come on, the writer tells us that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Somebody needs to know that God has given you power to tread upon that serpent. He's giving you power to tread upon scorpions. Stop letting the devil wreak havoc in your life. Stop letting him cause you to fear. Stop letting him cause you to doubt and put him where he belongs. And that is underneath your feet. Get victory. Get victory in your heart. Get victory in your home. Let the devil know that I don't believe a word that you say. You are a liar and you are a father of lies. Come on, somebody. You got to go ahead and put him in his place. Stop letting him cause you to doubt and believe that God can't do that God can't do what he says he can do. If he said he's going to heal you, then he's going to heal you. If he said he's going to provide for you, then he's going to provide for you. If he said that he's never leave you, he'll never forsake you, then he'll never leave you. He will never forsake you. Lo, I'll be with you even until the end of the world. Oh, let's lift up our hands. I feel the Holy Ghost in this place tonight. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. We need you, oh God. Oh, Lord, we know that you are well able, Jesus. There is nobody that can deliver the way that you can. Oh, come on, young person. You want to overcome that spirit of lust, that spirit of worldliness. I encourage you to get your hands in the air. Open your mouth and God will set you free tonight. Oh, come on, somebody. Oh, come on, adult. Don't worry about that sickness. God has it all worked out. God has it all worked out. God is going to deliver you. God is going to set you free. God is going to touch your body. God is going to heal your mind. Oh, come on, somebody. Lift up his name. Call out to him. Oh, don't let the devil cause you to believe that you're going to die. That you're not going to make it. I shall not die, but I shall live and declare the works of the Lord. I'm not giving up. I'm not throwing in the towel. I'm not backing down. I'm standing for what I know is right and what I know is true. My God is willing. Oh, the Holy Ghost is here. Somebody come down to these altars. With your heart lifted with your hands, open up your mouth. God is in this place to renew you, to remind you, to confirm some things to you tonight.
Thank you. 